Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 841. Your life is your novel. Your life is your book, and you get to write the ending. You get to write every chapter. So it's important to love what you do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Darren Frank. Hey, Darren, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know what, Mark? I've got my hand on the shifter and the other hand on the wheel. I'm ready to go. Here we go. Darren Frank is a national account executive for Sports Car Market and American Car Collector magazines. He's worked in advertising and sales for over 36 years and was the VP of sales at the New York Times. When he moved into the collector car hobby and began working with Sports Car Market three years ago, it changed his life, being able to integrate his passion for cars into his vocation. Combining his passion with his job feels like he's never at work, and his business trips now consist of venues like Monterey, Pebble Beach, Carmel-by-the-Sea, Scottsdale, Amelia Island, Hilton Head, and SEMA in Las Vegas, all places that I like to go to. Regular listeners will remember that the editor-in-chief of these fine publications, Keith Martin, and his daughter have been guests here on Cars Yeah as well. All right, Darren, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely, Mark. I'd, I'd be glad to. I've been, um, I've been in advertising my entire career, and I, I love it. And it, it has always been a way to support my family and to, um, to, well, it gives me a place to go every day and stay out of trouble. <laughs> and, uh, what I always did was always reserve the car stuff for the weekends or at night. And work was work, and it was serious. And, well, it could be fun to work. It was it was important, and it didn't have to necessarily relate to my interests. It had to be successful, and car stuff was different. Car stuff was the stuff that made me go woozy when I'd walk into a car museum or a uh, car show, and you know, just a, a total different mindset. And and now I have both. And so, working at Sports Car Market for me has been um, just a, a phenomenal, life changing experience to marry my vocation with my avocation and completely and intentionally blur those lines. Yeah. And, you know, this is so cool because you fit the, the perfect profile for a guest here on Cars. Yeah. That is, people who figured out how to wrap their passion for cars into their careers. That's what you figured out to do. And uh, as we are recording this show, you and I are getting ready to take off for Car Week. So, when when this show airs, we'll be back. So uh, I know that if we were actually doing this show afterwards, we'd say, wasn't that a fun week? So we got to go play with cars and make it part of our life. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of a saying that has some meaning to you, a mantra perhaps. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Darren, take the wheel. Sure. Thanks, Mark. My success quote is very genuine. And it's something that you have to really feel and not just say, but you have to mean it. And that is, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's it's simple enough, but to actually say it and mean it took me decades to get there. 
Tell our listeners a little bit of how that incorporates into your life, because I know you as a car guy. So tell our listeners a little bit about your car guy experience. You know, I usually ask the next question about going back in time and telling a story about integrating your passion into cars, that pivotal moment. So tell us when that pivotal moment happened and then how that's carried through all the way up to today. Um, in my family, we call it a disease. It's a car <laughs> disease. Yeah. Um, there are, there are a lot of, uh, there were a lot of boys born into my family and, um, a lot of car guys that grew out of those boys. My dad was a car guy and he, um, he infected all of us for generations and, um, just uh we had a a family tradition that every year we would we lived in New York at the time and my dad would take us to the old New York Coliseum for the New York International Auto Show. Oh, cool. And it was yeah, it was a rite of passage and he would take my brother Jamie, my oldest brother and my brother Corey, my uh, older brother and um it was just a bonding experience. Um, we would save the programs every year. And uh, my my dad grew up a poor kid in Brooklyn and moved his family out to Long Island. And he owned a manufacturing corporation. And he, as his business grew, his interest in cars diversified and became more interesting. And he, he started with a, uh, a used 1961 Corvette. And in 1966, he took um, my brothers and I, he took us to the... Um, New York Coliseum, and we went to one of the upper lounge loge areas where um, the lesser marks were, and we spied a, uh, a silver Iso Grifo on the Connor Brown stand, mm. and it just made a mark. Uh, it made a mark on all of us, and um, about, I guess that was April, in August of that year, he took a business trip to Europe. And he stopped in Italy, and he visited with a very young Piero Revolta, who was 26 years old at the time. And he placed an order for a, um, a Verdi Entry Metallica uh, Metallizzato um, Isogrifo. Nice. And uh, that was when it all started. <laughs> that was it. That's the moment. Well, and that's such a unique car even today. But back then, talk about a rare, unique car and a, quite a special car, too. I mean, those cars came with some... Big heavy iron under the the front bonnet, didn't they? Oh, sure. They had um, back then. They had three twenty seven cubic inch motors. My dad had the three fifty horse motor with a, uh, a Muncie four speed, and um, it was a hand built luxury GT car that cost as much as a, a Rolls Royce did at the time. Power windows, full leather everywhere, air conditioning, four-wheel disc brakes mounted inboard at the rear, 150-mile-an-hour top speed. And um, I was the only kid I knew whose dad had one of those. Well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a very special it was a very special thing for me. And unfortunately, my dad died from lung cancer in oh, um, no. 1970. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after he died, um, I, I searched for the uh, the registration document so I could find the car. And I couldn't find anything. And we had um, one of the brochures that he was given when he flew to Italy in 1966. Uh, it was a full catalog from the ESO Revolta Corporation. And we had that. And we had all of the uh, British car magazines that he studied because you couldn't find that stuff in American car magazines for the most part, not until later. And um, I used to pour over those catalogs and the pictures that we took of his car in the driveway. Um, and it just somehow brought me closer to my dad. And I yeah. made a promise to myself that when I turned 30, I'd own an Iso Grifo. And we're going to talk about 
on ESO that you have in a little bit. But let's hold that thought and talk a little bit about a challenge or a big failure that you face along the way in your career. This is a really important part of our talk because it has to do with learning and lessons and how we move past these things that are challenges for us. So kind of take us to your moment in time, walk us through that painful moment, but tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Absolutely, Mark. There was a uh, there was a story that Voltaire wrote about a um, person who always did what they always did and always got what they always got because they always did the same thing over and over again. Mm. And I guess um, early in my career, I I didn't really have much of a vision for what made me happy. I had a vision for how to be better at what I needed to do to be successful, and I I was very successful and. Yet I wasn't necessarily happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I left New York, and I left the New York Times, and I moved down to Charlotte, and I went to work for one company, uh, another newspaper, and unfortunately, they were um, taken over by another company that wasn't as large, that incurred quite a bit of debt in purchasing the company that I worked for. And so I spent the next 10 years watching all of my friends get fired or laid off or just the whole place just dwindling. Yeah. And um, it was it was unfortunate and hard for everyone involved, you know, those that had to do the downsizing as well as the people that were downsized. I never expected it, but after uh, being there for as long as I was, one day I was called in and told that, um, you know, I was being laid off. Yeah, you were the next guy. I was the next guy. I was making too much money or I had too much responsibility or whatever it was. Um, I was, I was the next to go and I could have stayed. Um, and taken less money, or I could have taken some, you know, taken the package and found myself another job. And I guess for the first time in, in my life, I had to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. And um, it was a very scary moment because when I was at the New York Times, I, I got promoted seven times. I had a very straight career path. The trajectory was up and I never had to take the time to think about whether or not I wanted it. Mm. And now I suddenly had to decide what I wanted to do. And the easiest thing to do would have been to go to another newspaper or something like that. And that wouldn't necessarily have been the right thing to do. And I talked to my wife about it, Catherine, who is my biggest believer and my biggest fan. And she um, she said to me, you know, um, we need to take a risk. And I, I, I said to her, I, I'm not sure I understand. You know, we've got a mortgage and we've got car payments. We've got all kinds of stuff we've got to pay for. We've got a daughter. What kind of a risk? And yeah. she said, we, we need to take a risk and find you something that you love. Mm. And Smart it may not lady. pay what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's 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 it for me. I mean, yeah. she's my inspiration. And it was terrifying. I got to tell you, Mark, it was the most frightening six months I've ever had in my life. I got I got a six month severance, and I had six months to find myself another job before I started eating into our savings. Right. And um, it was uh, it was very difficult because when you don't have that direction, you can go in any direction, and any direction is essentially no direction. Right. And I reached out to Keith Martin, publisher of Sports Car Market, and he got me in touch with Aaron Olson, who's the advertising manager. And I said, you know, I've been reading this magazine for 20-something years. I love it. It's the only magazine I read cover to cover. And uh, I'd love to work for you guys. I don't know what you pay. I don't know where I'd live, but I want to work for you. And they said, well, we have nothing open now, 
but if we do, we'll get back to you. Yeah. And so I took some consulting jobs and I, um, I was working at getting a job as hard as I was working at the jobs that I've had in the past. So I made them full-time jobs to find a job. And then one day when I was doing a consulting job in another city, I got a call from Aaron saying, you know, did you mean that about wanting to work with us? And I was like, oh yeah. And um, she made it happen. And it was, it was a, a life-changing decision to do something that it was like a guilty pleasure, uh, like eating <laughs> yes. chocolate or something, <laughs> yeah. to do something that would make me happy and support my family at the same time if I was successful at it, because right. it was structured very differently than anything I had done before. And I was no longer a senior manager. I was a sales rep for the first time in 20-something years. And um, um, I was terrified. My wife said to me, you need to do this. This is, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an option. And I'm like, well, we can't live on, on this if I'm not successful at it. And she said, you will be successful at it because you love it. And um, I have been very successful at it and I do love it. And it's not a job anymore. I, I've, I've, uh, I've just found that sweet spot that I never knew even existed. I've heard uh, about it. but Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, awesome story. This is what Cars Yeah is all about. People that have figured out how to do exactly what you did. And I've heard from so many of my guests having a strong partner in their life. Your wife, in this case, was so vital to allow you to take that risk, if you will, to dare to fail. And that is so important as well. It's such a wonderful story. It's so awesome. Well, thanks, Mark. And it's why I, it's why I believe a lot of my listeners listen is they want to hear these things and go, you know what? That is possible. I can do that. I can actually get up every morning and be excited about what I'm going to do. People do that. It's real. It's, it happened. I have to tell you, I didn't believe. It. I didn't believe it. And and I sound like one of those infomercial people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I heard the stories and I truly didn't believe it because yeah. it had I had always done what I always did. And suddenly this was taking a risk on doing what I wanted to do. Yes. And it became so much more and so much richer and so much more fulfilling than anything I've done heretofore that I never could have imagined the satisfaction. And then the the perks, like you said about going to Monterey, I'm going to be working in Monterey for a week. My friends feel terrible for me. But my (laughs) wife, you, you nailed it when you said my wife allowed me. She gave me permission. And I have to tell you, she added 10 years back to my lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is wonderful. uh, Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing all this because it's so, so important and and it's real. It's there. You're my 842nd guest and there's 840 people before you that figured it out as well. It is possible, but you got to take some chances. You got to keep those... Those uh, wires out there, and you got to hang around people who are a lot smarter than you and people that do what you wish you could be doing, and it can happen. So awesome story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment, a time when those Marshall lights illuminate the path for you <laughs> as you're driving down the road, you know, the French Riviera and that ESO that you've got. Tell us the steps that you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, as I said, it was a it was a it was a leap of faith to leave behind the corporate ladder and climbing the corporate ladder, which means moving from horizontal growth to vertical growth, and to say no to that, and to realize that there can be satisfaction in horizontal growth is 
something that takes a lot of self-confidence and a very strong partner to allow you or to support you both, you know, emotionally and otherwise Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I don't really care if I have a different title, if my title increases, blah, blah, blah. If I can increase my job satisfaction and I could be happy at what I do and be successful at it, and then there's no end to the limits of my success. Right. And that broke the chain from that story by Voltaire that I read when I was a child about this guy in the court who always did what he always did and never got anywhere right. because it meant taking a risk. And then I had I, I went out to Oregon and I had dinner in Portland with Aaron and with Keith. And Keith said to me, you are the author of your own destiny. I will support you in your success as far as you want to succeed. And I'd never heard those words before because I had always been an achiever. But I had always had people who I worked for who were always trying to limit my success because they didn't want me to do too well. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted me to do well within certain boundaries. And here was someone saying to me, we could do well together. You grow, you know, arithmetically, you want to grow geometrically, we all grow. And he meant it. And he, he still does mean it. And it was so liberating to me that that horizontal growth was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's all I want. Yeah. It, I don't want to be in charge of anyone else, and um, I've been in charge of other people since 1980-something, and yeah. I, I want to be in charge of me. Yeah, it, it's a pain. Is <laughs> Well, it is. Yeah. It honestly is, because, you know, I don't spend any time in meetings now, and um, if my time isn't used productively, then I feel it. Right. I'm, I'm constantly calculating in my head where I'm at and where I need to be. And it's all driven by a love of my clients, a love of the business that we're in, and my wanting them to succeed so they'll stay with me. And it's in earnest. Mm -hmm. It's not to make some goal. It's because I truly care about them and I want them to do well. And so we're partnering in ways that I never imagined possible. And and I give myself a thousand percent to it. And I generally work 12, 14 hour days. I work till 10 o'clock at night, most nights. And I love it because it's not work. It's helping somebody do better at their business. And it's helping me be better at what I do for them. And I I have to tell you, Mark, um, I sound like a zealot and I'm, (laughs) I'm a convert. I, uh, I love what I do and I have fun at it. And I, um, that my aha moment was I can define success for myself. I don't need someone else to define it for me. And that's an aha moment. And that's the moment that I had. There you go. There you go. Awesome stuff here. Well, how about a Prouder's career moment? I would assume you've had a bunch of those, but is there one that really stands out? You know what? My proudest career moment. Let me take a second for a minute. Um, I think it was when I realized I had turned the corner and that I made this vision of success work. Mm-hmm. The proudest business moment for me was when um, – I realized that I could actually make the marriage of my vocation and my avocation work when right. I got that paycheck that said to me, this is where you need to be, right. and and it's going to be there for you. As long as you work hard enough, it'll always be there for you, there you and, go. and yeah. you are the master of your own destiny. So Absolutely. that was my proudest moment was when I real, when it clicked and I realized, you know what, um, it's not just about satisfaction. It's also about being able to pay your mortgage, and when I, when I realized that um, – could make this work. And it wasn't 
a risk any longer. Um, it was a success story that um, could actually work. It was, for me, the proudest moment. Very nice. I love it. Well, I alluded to this before, but let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. I hope I know the car you're going to talk about. Talk about uh, <laughs> that ESO in your garage. Yeah. How, how did you guess, Mark? Oh, well, um, you know, I just, I, I'm a good listener. <laughs> you are a good listener. My first really special car was my 1969 ESO Grifo. And uh, it's funny because I still have it. And I've had it 28 years. And I had somebody say to me at a show the other uh, the other day that I was at, it's amazing that you're not sick of it. And I, I said, well, why would I get sick of it? I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just what I've always wanted, and I have it. So yeah. I'm pleased with what I have. And it brings me closer to my dad because he had one just like it. Right. And uh, it's um, unusual, and it's not something everybody knows about, and it's beautiful, and it's fast, and it's fun to drive. And uh, I never trailer it. I drive it to every show I take it to. And so every time I'm in it, it's another adventure to go on. Yeah. Just like the Drive Tour to Cure is going to be a, a wonderful adventure. To oh, go on. well, yeah, that. And I'll remind real quickly, uh, Drive Tour to Cure, really cool. One of my past guests, Dev Pollock, uh, set this tour up. They've already done one. They're going to be doing another one. If you're a subscriber here on Cars Yet to my blog, you'll get uh, notices about that as well. That's a Really, really cool event. I encourage you. In fact, I'm going to put a link on Darren Shono's page so those of you who want to know more about this um, can go and learn about it. And real briefly, can you tell our listeners about this tour? Yeah, it basically is. Uh, it's a um, a tour. It's a charity event that Deb set up to support uh, Parkinson's disease research and to combat the disease. And so it's a uh, a wonderful event that's all inclusive. It's all luxury. It starts in um, Asheville, North Carolina, at the uh, Biltmore Estate and um, the uh, the hotels around there. And then you work your way through the Tail of the Dragon, which I've always dreamed of driving <laughs> oh, my yeah. car on. And I live in North Carolina. I've never had my car on the parkway, so I'm super stoked about that. And then we wind our way through to um, Brazelton, Georgia, to Chateau Alain, another place I've never been to that I'm super stoked to go to. Yeah. And the Atlanta Concours, which I hadn't been to yet, so I'm thrilled to be going there. And so it, uh, I've got my best friend in the car with me, my friend John Kyle, who's my uh, my my navigator, who's gone with me on on all of my long journeys. Um, oh to Amelia Island and up to Pennsylvania to Hershey and so on. And so John and I are going to have a a real fun time driving the uh, back roads of uh, North Carolina and Georgia. So, um, and it's for a great cause. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put links about this. In fact, if you use a certain code, you can get uh, a nice little savings on this tour that Deb has been so kind to associate Cars yeah with. So I'll make sure I put a link to that on Darren's show notes page. If you want to participate, get involved, and save a little money and still work towards a great cause, uh, check out Darren's show notes page on CarsYeah.com. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Absolutely. Um, there are several of them, so it's a, a <laughs> tough one to just pick one. Um, I, I really miss my Mongoose. I had a Di Tommaso Mongusta oh, at the same did? time that I had my Grifo. Oh, yeah. I love those cars. <laughs> I bought it from the original owner, and um, it had very very few miles on it, and it was just an insanely beautiful car. And um, I had it for three months. Three months? Yeah, I uh, I borrowed the money to buy it. When I found out that a, that a neighbor had a friend whose father still had his original car, the Mongoosta that he bought brand new. Right. 
I borrowed the money to buy it, and this was back in 1990, so this is 27 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't have the money for both cars, so I, I kept it for three months, Just um, and then I couldn't take the pain of owning it any yeah, longer because yeah. it was too expensive. So I um, I sold it, and I actually made enough money to buy another car that I have seller's remorse about. <laughs> But that car was breathtakingly beautiful, yeah. and I, I always likened it to a um, a very, very, very beautiful object that was actually quite difficult to live with, but <laughs> um, but beautiful nonetheless. And I had to make the choice between the two cars, and um, the Grifo is an easy car to drive. It's an easy car to sit in. It, it doesn't stretch out. Um, driving it in the Mongoose, you're basically lying down. The windows go down about four inches. There's no ventilation. Yeah. The car takes off at 80 miles an hour like a Frisbee. It's a beautiful car and a really neat car, but the Grifo was a car I could spend the rest of my life with. The uh, Mongoosta was a fling, and it was an exciting fling, and and I loved it, but uh, that was the one I let go. Now, I don't like dating a supermodel. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I was trying to avoid that, but yes. Well, you're right. (laughs) I'll say it for you, but I understand, and there's a lot of folks listening nodding their head right now. The Mongoosta, I just love the way those things look, but I've I've known people that had them and said, yeah, they're difficult to uh, live with for sure, but oh, what a sexy car for sure. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Well, I I own um, several motorcycles and uh i've got my uh grifo and i've had the grifo for so long that um there are things that i think i could do to take it from 95 percent to where where it is to maybe 98 or 99 percent i don't think 100 percent exists but just little projects that give me pleasure to undo all the wrongs that were done to the car before it was owned by me and so um i just recently finished a restoration of my safety belts which sounds kind of mundane but kind of a neat thing. I, I had a picture of my dad's car from 1966 when he first bought it that showed a hook inside the uh, car where the um, clip and safety belts hung up so oh, that they yeah, were nice yeah. and neat, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, I'd never seen one of those hooks since then, and it's been 51 years. Well, I was at a friend's garage, and he had a BMW 2800, and it had the same exact safety belts, and it had the hooks. Yeah. And so, you know, for a car guy, that's like, oh, my God, you the know, it's going out of my yeah. mind. <laughs> well, so what do I do? Well, I didn't want to insult him to offer to buy the hooks from him because his car was gorgeous, and yeah. I certainly didn't want to upset the equilibrium of that car. But I had a, uh, I have a friend at HV3D Works, my friend Paul Vorbach, who does 3D printing. Yeah, he's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. And he's 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 great at what he does. Oh and, yeah, uh, unobtainium. He's a great friend. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so what I did was I convinced my friend Avery to lend me one of his hooks. Nice. And I sent it to Paul, and Paul made me two brand new ones. There you go. And to be able to hang the safety belt up. Yeah. After. 51 years, you know, oh, yeah. having seen that hook. and I had the car 28 years with the belts just lying on the floor in the back, and I had the belts rewebbed in England, and they used my original hardware, and to be able to hang the hook, I mean, it's that kind of stuff that I'm working on. So, arcane, but... You no, know, but you know, it's those little things that make you feel so good. I had an old Porsche, and I knew the seatbelts needed to be replaced for safety reasons, so I had a company do that, and they took the old labels off my old one and put them on the new ones. Uh. You know, had the oh. date, had the dates on them and everything, and just simple yeah. things like that that awesome. make car guys like yeah, us feel cute. so good. So yeah, it's <laughs> just um, little little stuff like that that I'm that yeah. I'm working on that no one in the world, other than a select few, would ever notice or care about. But right. you know, it's just that kind of stuff that yeah. um, I 
get a lot of satisfaction out of. Very and cool. I'm restoring one of my bikes uh, and and the fuel system on one of my bikes right now. Cool. So. Cool. Fun stuff. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Darren. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I'd be the car I own. Um, <laughs> and and, <so. laughs> and the, Yeah, I would, actually. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It's a purpose-built car. It's not mass-produced. It's handmade. It's, it was designed by a master, Jujaro, and an engineer, a brilliant engineer, um, Bissarini. And um, it's beautiful. It's powerful. It's well-engineered. It's not overstated. It's understated. It's got a Corvette motor in it. And so it gets the job done without having to be too flashy about it. Yeah. But it's like a uh, a well-tailored suit. It fits you just right. And um, that's something to aspire to. Oh, yeah. It's a gentleman's touring car for sure. Yeah. I can see you along the Mediterranean coast with a big smile on your face. <laughs> Very nice. Exactly. Well, Darren, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let you and I say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Darren, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Um, buy what you love. Um, don't try to make money. And if um, if you're stuck with it, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> yes, very wise words. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? I'm extremely goal-oriented, and um I um I set goals for myself even if they're not given to me I set my own goals and I just don't stop until I achieve them and that's real important to me. I think that's that's a, a way to get where you want to go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now do you have a resource that you think our listeners should pay attention to? Obviously sports car market is one. Yeah, that actually, goes without yeah, um, yeah. 
You just took the bullet out of my oh, gun, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that's, that's the resource, you know, oh, yeah. sport, sports car market. And I, I say that very genuinely. It's a, uh, it's a phenomenal resource. Yeah. And, and I, I, I say that because it's very ethically engineered. It's put together with a, a real separation of church and state, mm-hmm. editorial and the business side. It's put together for the benefit of our readers. Yeah. yeah. And so you can trust it. I like working at a place where I believe in the product, and I like working at a place that that offers benefits to people. And sports car market does all of that for oh, me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to make you smarter about the market. It's going to make you smarter about cars, and it's going to teach you about speed bumps along the way to avoid them. And so it's been a um, a wonderful resource for me personally. I think I've been a subscriber for 24 years now or something like that. Long, long time. Awesome. And uh, John Dranius, your Legal Files contributor, was on the show last month. Uh, love reading about the things that he teaches us about. Yeah, it's just it's just great. It's one of, one of my favorite magazines for sure. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? It would have to be my dad. Now, he wasn't in the automotive industry, but he was my automotive inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I'd, I'd want to tell him how much I appreciate all the guidance he gave me when uh, when I was a child. Oh, um, most definitely. And seeing him succeed. I understand. I understand. I, I just lost my father last month, and I, I get it. Oh, I'm know, sorry. Just, just to have – well, thank you. Just to have that – moment again to thank our parents uh, is important. So those listeners out there, if you have your parents, call them up tonight and thank them. Absolutely. Spend time with them because it's not going to be forever. Uh, We both know that, don't we? Absolutely. Now, how about a book? There's some great books out there. So many great books out there. I've had so many authors and journalists on the show. Is there one book, though, you'd like to share with our Cars audience? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I, uh, I was an English lit major when I was in college and uh, had a vor- voracious appetite for reading. And so to find one book that um, I love more than any is, is, is almost like choosing amongst <laughs> I'm <sorry>. several children. <laughs> um, but um, one book that comes to mind that really epitomizes what I love about literature is a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. I, I love Twain, and um, I often felt like a Connecticut Yankee in King <laughs> Arthur's court in business, whereas now I don't. And my mom and I shared a love of uh, medieval literature and um, stories about King Arthur and so on. So I'd have to say that that'd be one of my top ten. Oh, that's cool. You know, it's the first time that book's been recommended, and I love it when a new book is recommended here. And I'll remind our listeners that there's a great resource on the Cars yeah website under the Resources tab called Guest Recommended Books. And I'll make sure that this book and all the great books that my past very, very uh, inspiring automotive enthusiast guests have recommended there, and I made it really easy for a click to buy for all these books. It's a great resource if you love books recommended by fellow car enthusiasts. All right, Darren, we're up to the checkered flag. This is where it gets fun. This last question, though, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to do something special here, though. I'm going to let you keep the ESO. Just park it in the corner. Let's forget it exists, all right? Because I know you're not okay. going to want to get rid of that car, so that's going to spoil no, the whole no. con- the whole fantasy here. So today I'm buying you any collector car in the world. Now, I, I told our listeners we're recording this on a Friday. You and I are leaving this weekend to go out to Monterey Car Week. By the time this show airs, everyone will be back from that show. There might be a cool car that you might really want to have that you might want me to go to an auction and buy or walk across a Concord field and pick up for you. What would that car be and why? I, I would have to say it would be a... Um uh, Bizzarini, uh, GT 5300 Strata. Ooh. Um, 
It's um, one of the sexiest cars alive. It's got that value proposition that I like so much because it's got the Corvette engine, so you can get it serviced anywhere without having to wait for parts and get it done inexpensively. And it is, it's a car that has always eluded me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I remember seeing an ad in Road and Track ma- magazine when that and the New York Times sports section were the only ways you could find a, um, an exotic car. And I saw an ad for a, uh, a Bizzarini um, 5300, and it was $30,000, and um, which is you yeah. know, heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I called and called and didn't get anyone on the phone. And I said, I'll just call back tomorrow. And I called the next morning. And so, and I learned that someone had called that evening mm. and purchased the car. 20 years later, I saw that very car in a shop for sale for $208,000 and didn't, and didn't buy it. And now that same car is worth a million two hundred eight thousand dollars So it's, it's gotten, gotten away from me numerous times, but it pushes all the right buttons as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, those cars are pretty cool. I got to spend a whole day with one. There's a local collector oh up here, Tom Cotter, who had one that he raced, actually. It was set up for racing. And I have a great picture of my son. I'll send it to you sitting in that car when he was in junior high, I think. Those cars, to me, just have a look like somebody designed a beautiful, elegant touring car and then an elephant stepped on it. It just kind of molded it down a little bit to give it a little sleeker line to closer to the road. And, oh, yes. Uh, And, of course, you're going to break the bank like everyone else here on Cars. Yeah, that's going to be really expensive for me to find one and buy you one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's not happening, Mark. I appreciate the sentiment, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why I got to buy lots of lottery tickets to pay for all these cool cars that I'm giving my guests over the years. Well, that's okay. Uh, You deserve it. I think that's a car that would look great sitting next to your ESO. They're kind of cousins in a way. So. So, yeah, yep. I think that'd be really cool. Well, Darren, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank, well, thank you for you sharing. You're welcome for sharing your journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Bitserini GT 3500? <laughs> <laughs> I love the imagery. Yeah, I would say your life is your novel. Your life is your book, and you get to write the ending. You get to write every chapter. So it's important to love what you do. Don't wait 36 years to figure that one out. No, no, absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're up to and Sports Car Market? Um, I'm on the masthead of Sports Car Market. You can follow me on Facebook. You'll find me on the masthead of Sports Car Market with my uh, phone number and uh, email address and uh, or find me on Facebook. There you go. Or on LinkedIn. There you absolutely. go. You're everywhere. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Darren has shared on his show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Darren Frank. That's very easy to spell, and you'll find his page. You can listen to his show there. You're already listening to it, but you can listen to it again. You can find all the links and all the resources that he shared today. And my goodness, if you love cars and you're not a subscriber to Sports Car Market, shame on you. You should be. Amen. Go get a subscription because it is so cool. There's so much to learn there, and uh, that's one of the things I look forward to in my mailbox every month. Darren, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. 
They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!